another episode of the Dino Talk Podcast. Gang's back again. Nick, Logan, Jesse, another week. It's 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 actually been a few weeks since we've seen each other, but we're really excited. It's football's fun. It's the pl- fantasy playoffs are about to start. Talking, we're gonna be talking playoff schedules. We're gonna be talking a little bit. We're gonna put on our little prediction hats, and we're gonna be predicting twenty twenty four storylines or situations that are going to change just a little predictions yeah and then we're going to talk playoff schedules uh teams we're kind of targeting and just quite a bit of stuff but you know what guys you want to should i just go ahead and start yes sir all right for the first one guys 2024 situation i'm predicting is Week one of next year. So provide a little backstory here. The Panthers are in some trouble, guys. They don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a coach. They have a quarterback who has not looked good at all, and they need to do something to change. But, like, not a lot of receivers reach free agency. And without a first-round pick, you're not going to get a top-tier wide receiver. So what are they going to do? My prediction they make a trade for a familiar face for Bryce Young. Jamison Williams will be a Panther this offseason going into week one. They're going to try to re- reunite Bryce Young with his former teammate in college. And, like, why would the Lions do this? I mean, Jamison hasn't been great so far. Like, he he's struggled to stay on the field. He's just mainly been a one-to-two catch-a-game guy. And... The Panthers could throw him a third and a fifth. Like, you think that gets a third and a sixth? Is that you guys think that gets it done? I mean, I kind of do. I don't think he's shown a ton so far. I think that makes a ton of sense for the Panthers, and I think the Lions would be willing to deal it if the price is right. Yeah, I, I love that actually, and I completely completely agree with you. They could get to uh, get Jameson for pretty uh pretty cheap I, I would imagine so uh yeah i mean i really like that take actually i could definitely see that uh that that falling in nicely especially adam thielen's kind of uh kind of going off here they need to find some wide receiver help um yeah what do you think Logan? yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense i feel like adam thielen's what like 30 something years old i don't know if it's 33 33 or what? Be 34 next season so I feel like his uh, time's coming to an end, and I feel like getting a familiar face to maybe help stimulate the offense a little bit more would be super helpful. The only thing I'm wondering is the Lions have been playing him a lot more week by week. Ben Johnson's kind of raving about him a little bit more and more, and I'm wondering if they're just trying to increase his value or if he's actually good or like what's going on there. But I mean, honestly, it'd be kind of cool if Ben Johnson and Jamison Williams just went to the Panthers, but I don't, I don't know if that would happen. Yeah. I, I think the Panthers are going to be in trouble as far as what coach, like what coach is going to want to agree to go to a team that doesn't have a first round pick has a small quarterback who has proven to be, to be too small at this point. Like that was a concern for Bryce coming in. And it's just like, that's been proven to be right. And it's just, it's going to be tough with their current roster to convince a bright young coach to go and take that on. Like that's, that's a huge risk. And that's why I think like everyone's like, Oh, T Higgins is going to go there. Mike Evans, uh, Marquise Brown. But like, how are you going to get these guys? Like the Bengals aren't going to trade T Higgins to the Panthers for anything less than a first, first round pick Marquise Brown. Same thing. Uh, Mike Evans, just why would Mike Evans want to sign with the Panthers? Like it's just those guys, like you're going to have a tough time luring free agents. I think like top tier free. I mean, unless you pay a ton, which they could, but like Mike Evans, I think he's going to want to go to bills, chiefs, somewhere like that to where it's just Panthers. They're going to have to get creative. And I think Jamison makes a lot of sense. You guys can go yeah. ahead. I mean, I, I, I really love that take Um, to kind of piggyback off of it. I'm going to go with uh, uh the, the next uh, take here. Mine is uh, about T Higgins uh, and where he's going. I don't, I, I do know that, you know, Deshaun Watson and uh, T Higgins did never, act, they never actually played at 
Clemson together. But, I mean, the Browns are getting desperate. They need receiver help. I mean, they might uh, – I think that that's where T. Higgins ends up landing is uh, the Cleveland Browns. They're win-now team. They need a receiver. Um, might not be great for T. Higgins, but that's what I think is going to happen. What do you guys think? I hate to say this, Jesse, but I don't see it happening. It, for one reason only, it's there are rivals. Like it's going to be tough for the Bengals to agree to tr- trade a player as good as T. Higgins to an arch rival, and that's that is that is the reason why I don't see it happening. Unfortunately, I feel you, but man, Favre went to Favre went to the Vikings, so you yeah. know it's you never say never. But no, that is actually a great reason. That's a great argument. What do you think, Luke? Oh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh that would happen honestly i am pretty interested to see what happens to t higgins just in general too because like i feel like he's been having some pretty bad injury problems too recently so it's like what i wonder what his value is what kind of contract he could get where he's gonna go so i honestly have no idea so i'm just gonna say that flat out another thing i was gonna say is like money talks uh prices talk like if the Browns want to go all in, like they've proven, like they threw Deshaun Watson so much money that like he had the Browns out and all of a sudden they're like, he's like, okay, I'll go to the Browns. And it's just like the Browns can force themselves into getting T Higgins. But at the same time, I personally do not think T Higgins leaves the Bengals. Like I think if they don't get a deal done, I think he, they franchise tag him. What, why would you let a guy like that leave? Like I, I just – I wanted to do a T Higgins one, but I, I just have a hard time seeing he, him leaving the Bengals. Yeah. Plus uh, the Browns already have Cedric Tillman, like T Higgins 2.0. Who? <laughs> he's <laughs> starting, he's starting to produce now. So not very much though, <laughs> but um, I'm going to go on to mine though. I feel like the more and more as the, as the season has gone on and the giants keep, somehow doing it with Tommy DeVito. I kind of think that next year, Zach Charbonnet, sheesh. Uh, I feel like next year, though, the spotlight's going to be kind of on the Giants in their QB room, where whether they draft one early, they which I've seen from some people mocking up things that I don't know if I necessarily agree with them taking a Jaden Daniels or something, but I, I think that they need help in the receiver department they literally have for like since they had obj and if they don't draft a receiver like in the first round or like acquire someone that's actually good isn't washed up and just lingers around i think that there's going to be a lot of discussion probably by the media i don't know if it's actually going to be like valid or like you know deserving of criticizing daniel jones but the Giants do have an out to his contract after next year, which reduced like the dead cap that they would be taking on if they cut him. And I think that next year there's going to be so many narratives behind the Giants. If Daniel Jones is good, did he recover? Does he need receivers? If they get a receiver, is it him not being able to target this good receiver? So I think that next year, I think the Giants are just going to be kind of in this weird target they're gonna have like a target on their back by the media and i don't necessarily think daniel jones is gonna come in and just like shoo all the haters out so i think next year my take is that daniel jones is gonna be heavily criticized and he's not gonna play well (laughs) i disagree i'm just kidding (laughs) I think he's overrated and didn't deserve the contract, and I think it's going to show this next year is what how I should phrase it. Yeah, so you you think they go receiver top ten? Sorry, didn't didn't mean to yell like that, but I don't know. They need so they need defensive help really badly, but they also need a quarterback and they need a receiver, and they have a running back kind of. So. I, I don't know. I think they have too many needs that the team's inevitably going to implode unless they full-on tank and rebuild. So, Yeah, and and my biggest question is, what? why would Daniel Jones I – I don't understand your point of why would Daniel Jones get a lot of hate. Like, I, I feel like usually backup quarterbacks don't get a ton of hate. And Tommy, I think, is going to play well enough to where we probably don't see – 
Daniel Jones a lot. Like that's that's my only critique of your take. I I don't disagree. I mean, if Tommy DeVito can keep increasingly doing better week by week, he's going to be the best player in history. So <laughs> I don't know. I I do think it's kind of crazy that. Tommy DeVito's kind of came out of his shell a little bit and played completely competent. So good on him. It, it's made Daniel Jones look even worse. How good Tommy's played. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird that they've just had like a completely, I mean, granted that he's looked good since they played what the Cowboys. So they played, they played the commanders and the Patriots kind of like, you know, not the two best defensive teams, but I mean, I don't want to take away from his wins though. He did he did he did get them wins, so Yeah, not sorry, I'll I'll give an answer that's not uh a joke. Uh I I was on board that the the Giants are gonna move on from Daniel Jones, but I I mean the Giants just have won too many games with Tommy. Like I, I didn't think they'd win any. And the Patriots the fact that the Giants were able to beat the Patriots, like I think it's going to be tough to get a top two pick. And DK Metcalf, third touchdown, pretty impressive. But, yeah, I, I kind of think Daniel Jones is going to be in a spot to where he's probably going to be the guy if he's healthy. If not, Tommy will be right behind him. I, I think know. that's the interesting thing about where their pick could land next year is they might be in the middle territory where they can draft a receiver and it won't be like the worst pick in history. But I did also want to go back to Tommy, though. He has taken 15 sacks in the last two games. So I think that's pretty impressive if he was a defensive player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does take a lot of sacks. <laughs> that He took nine sacks, like I think it was two weeks ago in one game, which is... Yeah, that's like Joe Burrow against the Titans level impressive. Yeah, somebody who was pretty high on Daniel Jones going into the season. Rough year, rough year. He's uh, luckily in all of my leagues that I got him in, I pretty much got a third quarterback, and the third quarterback was usually Jordan Love, so ended up working out. But yeah, Daniel Jones, bad. All right, what's your next take, Nick? All right. I'm going to go with a quarterback take for next year. Um, I got a couple takes here. I'm going to rattle them off. I think Aiden O'Connell is going to be the week one starter for the Las Vegas Raiders next year. I I think he's played well enough, and the Raiders have a lot of needs. Like Their defense isn't very good, and... I mean, yeah, I I think getting a quarterback at the spot where they're going to be at is probably going to be a mistake. For I think Aiden O'Connell has done okay to where I think next year he can play well enough to where he's the starter, and maybe they draft somebody. But, yeah, I kind of wouldn't be surprised if he's a week one starter. And my other take is the following teams will – bring in a quarterback to compete with their existing starting quarterback and potentially overtake him. Those teams are the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Atlanta Falcons. Like the Falcons, pretty believable. Like the Vikings Steelers, a little bit questionable, but I, I don't think any of those three teams are going to drop a first round quarterback. I think they will draft a quarterback in the second or third, maybe fourth round that are going to come in and try to push those current starters. Like Kenny Pickett, like he had a good last game, but the guys, we saw the preseason. He was he was getting all kinds of hype. I I'd like to see it for two to three games before I even believe he's a NFL quarterback. Um the Vikings, like Kirk Cousins coming off an Achilles injury. Like, I don't even know if he's going to be on their roster next year, but they they got to do something. And I, I think they make some kind of a move for a quarterback. And the Falcons, like, yes, it makes sense to get off Desmond Ritter, but they're kind of in that weird purgatory phase where they're going to be picking in the draft. I think they're gonna be a playoff team. They're gonna be in the 20s, to where probably not gonna get a quarterback there. 
to where they're going to have to have a second to third round quarterback that's going to have to be their guy. And I mean, maybe they sign a quarterback, but we've seen free agency guys like they quarterbacks don't reach free agency a lot. And I, I think those teams are going to draft a quarterback and they're going to be in position to potentially take over that their existing quarterback. Holy smokes. Fantastic takes, Nick. Real quick, before we respond, Logan, have you been working out, bro? Yeah, I have been, of course. Dude, your face looks like skinny. Like, man, you look like you you look like you've been working out, bro. Yeah, just, just, just so the viewers know the, I, the I, shoulders I, up. Yeah, I can just, tell you've been working out. Golly, hey yo, you gotta send me the program after this. All right, uh, hey, but back to what Nick was saying. Any yeah, listeners gosh, to help you visualize I look like Giga Chad. I look like a Giga Chad. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, but uh, here, I actually have a take on this one. So no, I completely agree. I think that the since there's the Caleb Williams, Drake May in this draft, it's like Kenny Pickett's draft, but you actually have good quarterbacks in the beginning. So you can take the gambles in the second and third round of the 23 to 25 year old quarterbacks. And honestly, if I'm the Falcons, I'm looking for a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix that I could maybe get in like the second round or God forbid, have to take at the very end of the first round. But the only other team that I would be wondering about two would be like maybe the Rams or maybe the Buccaneers where they need to take it like in the later rounds. But honestly, no, I completely agree. I think that the Falcons need to really badly too. no offense to Desmond Ritter, but he needs competition and they just aren't productive enough. And they have so many good offensive weapons. Let me say this first. I, the only reason why I didn't include the Buccaneers and Rams is because I, I think they could be in position to get a quarterback early in the draft. That's the only reason why I did not include them. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, what? dude, guys, Buccaneers have their quarterback of the future. Are you serious? They have a number, a number one overall pick that they got for for pennies. Jesse, how many times do we have to tell you Kyle Trask is not an NFL quarterback? <laughs> True. <laughs> no, I, I think, yeah, I think Baker's good, but I, like, I don't think they're going to win enough games to be a playoff team to where I think they're going to eventually be trying to improve that. And I completely agree on the Vikings too, because they've they've fumbled their the bag on their backup quarterbacks long enough that they need to like actually consider expending some draft capital on one that actually like produced in college and will hopefully p- pan out. Because like Kirk Cousins, Josh Dobbs, there, uh, who knows about their future, especially after this last Bear, Bears game with Josh Dobbs. <laughs> Yikes! Eek. Yeah, right. you guys Dobbs have any more? Um, <laughs> oh well, my my go my take would be uh, right now, if you don't have if the trade line if the trade line hasn't passed in your league, you need to go out, especially if you're the number one overall and you have a buy a buy in week fifteen. If you have a buy week one, week fifteen, and all you're playing is week sixteen, seventeen, go out right now. If you don't have some jaguars on your team, get them on there, man. Get them on there. Let me uh oh, I should have had this pulled up. Um I remember oh I remember them. They play Carolina and gosh dang it. <laughs> Hold up here. Carolina and the Buccaneers. Two of the worst pass defenses. I mean two of the worst defenses, period. They're both their defenses are they they're like butter. They're they're as good as yeah, I mean you just cut right through them. I mean, both of them. Jaguars to the moon. Go get them. What do you guys think about that? And as you guys can tell, we're moving on to the playoff schedules portion of the podcast. <laughs> what are we thinking about Jaguars versus Browns, though? <laughs> hey, that's why you got to trade for him right now. Right now is the time. Right now is the time to trade for him, dude. Like Whatever if if you see, so if you see like a Calvin Ridley, you're like, oh, wide receiver one. I need to go out and get him right now. Is that what in you're the thinking? Playoffs, there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance that in those two weeks, there's going to be two wide receiver ones in on Jacksonville's team. There's a chance for sure. Yeah, and, 
And all, all jokes aside, Jesse, I completely agree with you here. Like, not only the schedule, but the Jaguars are hitting their stride right now. Like, they've started playing Calvin Ridley a little more in the slot, and which is where he should be playing because he's not an outside winner. And their offense is looking good. And Trevor Lawrence is playing better. Ridley and Christian Kirk are playing well in the same week. It's unheard of. But, yeah, they're they're looking good. Like, I, yeah, I, I think – I was saying a few weeks ago, I think Calvin Ridley is the biggest buy in fantasy right now. And I hopefully your trade deadlines haven't passed. And if they haven't, yeah, target Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk, too, but it's just – we've talked about him before. He's a tough guy to buy, and he's a tough guy to sell. But if you can buy him, too, buy him. Like, those, those guys are pretty good playoff assets to have. The time to buy T-Law, unfortunately, has passed. We should have bought him about two weeks ago. But if you did, boy, oh, boy, you're feeling good. All right, yeah, Logan, let's, let's, let's just move right on to the playoffs. Well, well, well I was thinking, play. too, uh, um, I was glad to, in that single-season league, I picked up Sam Howe so I could, you know, ride him out while he's doing good, while Trevor Lawrence recovers, and then I can put him and Calvin Ridley back into the starting lineup. But I guess – um. I was trying to think here. I, I I had a take, and I'm just gonna go with a playoff buy, and I and I'm feel like I keep saying this one. No, I haven't been saying. It. I feel like I might have mentioned it early in the season, but I th- I feel like Cole Komet right now is just like in a great spot to target as a tight end because anytime that the Bears uh, feel any sort of pressure, uh, they inevitably. Uh, drop 300 screen plays to run back to back to back. And Cole Komet just fits into that scheme perfectly because it's like a five yard pass to him. So you can get six receptions and within like, what was it like a quarter against the Vikings? And I'm thinking that the bear schedule going forward after this buy is they play the lions. So uh, Hutchinson's going to be pressuring a ton. And then the, the following week they face the Browns and I, have no doubt in my mind, Getsy is going to play the shortest game of his life and just constantly dish out short passes everywhere. And Cole Komet's going to get hopefully at least five catches that game. So I get, that's that's my one go-to in the playoffs. I like that. I like that. I like that take quite a bit. Boom. Yeah. Boom, we're That's all sold. Thank you. <laughs> all right, guys. I'll I'll go with mine here. How are we feeling about the New York Jets come playoff schedule? Like, do we th- like their defense has been one that you don't want to play people against the Jets to this point in the year? Like, are you guys are you guys taking that into consideration? Me personally, I think give it a week or two, and I I'm not worried about the Jets matchup, guys. They have no offense. They have no offense. Like, I, I was worried last week. I sat Mostert in a league because I was like, oh, the Jets' defense is going to be tough. But it's just like get, over the course of the game, he ended up finding his way to two touchdowns. He had a couple long runs to where he had, like, 25 fantasy points. Like, he killed it. And it's just like, guys, I think I, that's kind of what the Jets are going to be. Yeah, I listened to a podcast today kind of talking about that. It's like, yeah, the Jets' defense is good, but they're on the field for 45 minutes of the game, so it doesn't really end up mattering. Um, I was going to say, if you keep sending receivers on vertical threats, their TPs won't be able to, unless they are trained marathon runners, like keep up with those receivers inevitably. Like They're going to get burnt eventually, which I think is what happened to Sauce Gardner against – Oh, I can't remember that Sauce one. Has gotten burned a few times. There's sometimes where he looks average. Very. I think average. it was the Dolphins game because that was a Tim Boyle 98 yard interception return, right? That game. Yep, on the hail mary. Yeah, that was horrible. Looking at their defense, try to keep up with, uh, with that. That was bad. So yeah, that's a good take. I I, I buy into that one. Yeah, because. Zach Wilson was bad, but guys, Tim Boyle, he, he's he's not playable. He's Aaron Rodgers' drinking buddy, and guys, he cannot play quarterback. He's not a good college quarterback, not a good NFL quarterback. And, yeah, and guys, his, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing either. And you should look at Tim Boyle's college stats because I don't know how he's in the league. He 
Literally, okay. I, I have him up right now. His first year at Connecticut, 621 passing yards, zero touchdowns, eight interceptions. Boom, roasted. That should speak for itself. Oh, my gosh. That's so bad. He really is just Aaron Rodgers' drinking buddy. That is <laughs> such a good description, uh, description of him, Nick. However, I do have some beef to pick with you, Nick. I heard you say Aaron Rodgers. You slipped that in there. You said, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, guys. All right, over to you, Logan. No, 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 no. We ain't leaving my my ayahuasca brother on out in the on out in the cold like that. He's the he's beating science. He's given the big old middle finger to all of science. He's coming back early, baby. He he is not limited by your physical limitations, Nicholas. Logan, is, is Aaron Rodgers playing again this year? Let's hear your opinion. Yeah, he, he got designated in, what, the 21-day return? He has to play, right? Let's get a real answer. I mean, how long is it? Just like Aaron Rodgers said I, the science. <laughs> no, I honestly, I, what I said to Jesse yesterday is similar to what you just said, Logan. It's just like Aaron Rodgers got designated to return. He's just like, boom, like, F you, science. Like, that's it. Like, it's just like he got designated to return. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, he's back. Then it's just like he's going to be like, oh, now we're out of playoff contention. I'm going to just not play. But it's just he's not playing. He shouldn't play. He's not going to play. It would be career, probably career-ending to play. And I just – I'm not buying it for a second. And if he does play, he's going to come out there and take shotgun snaps and just throw screen passes, bear style. Luke Getzey – and Aaron Rodgers are friends, and he should come over and coach if Aaron Rodgers plays. Yeah, but they already have Nathaniel Hackett. They could only have one of his, you know, offensive coordinators. <laughs> um, but to be honest, though, I feel like – have you seen those practice videos, though? Of him throwing three-step drops? He's looking normal. Just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like – if Zach Wilson could have got the Jets another win or two, um, and they weren't forced to play Tim Boyle, his likelihood of returning would have exponentially increased. But I feel like right now he's just kind of teased in the media a little bit. And uh, I don't know. I don't think he should play. And I hope he doesn't. I, but, I mean, you know, he, he's immunized, he so either. anything's possible. But do you think he will? He's but immunized, no so he could, he could make a comeback. He's immunized. Cam Akers did it last year, and he's a dang running back, man. Look at him now. He's on the IR. Exactly. God. Look at him now, baby. <laughs> hey, hey, we all know Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing after next year anyway, okay? <laughs> I just want to see a video of Aaron Rodgers on the treadmill and if it was equivalent to what Cam Akers' calf looked like whenever he was on his comeback. Because if you've seen that video, his leg was like half the size of his other one. So what Cam Akers did, I don't think Aaron Rodgers can do. Because that was insane. Well, the thing is, is it's so, so much less stress on the Achilles to play the position. So it's like Nick said, do I think that he's going to go out there and like be running around? No, I think he, he might go out there, throw a few screen passes, make a few handoffs, say, oh, wait, we're down 21 to nothing. Guys, I shouldn't be in here anymore. And then we'll go walk off. And then exactly like Nick said, he's going to flip off the media on his way out, say, yeah, doctors don't know anything. And then, and then he's going to retire. He's going to put an American flag on his back as he walks out and retire. <laughs> yeah. Th- like this is the last thing I'll say on this. The the more the time goes by, the more I think there's a chance he does play just because so many people have our thoughts. It's just like, Oh, there's no way he's playing to where I'm just like, Aaron's like, you know what guys, everyone's doubting me. I'm just going to go out there and throw a few passes. Like, he's just like he's he's wired weird, and I I hope he just stays healthy. Sorry, I want one more. I want one more thing about Aaron Aaron Ellison that I haven't said yet. Can you imagine if at the very whenever he did that ayahuasca trip, whenever he uh, lost his like whenever he took a deal for the money, it was like he knew this was going to happen and he had to prove the medical industry wrong by like coming back faster. This was all in his ayahuasca trip. Every single bit of it. Imagine that. That's just, just a theory here. I don't know. I'm just a, just a guy. I mean, I think that would be funny if he already knew what was happening. The one thing I want to know is does Aaron Rodgers even know their offense? He had, he had like what three plays with them. 
he he is the offense. Like that Aaron Rodgers controls <laughs> Nathaniel. <laughs> I know. If you see him on the sideline too, you know he's getting more frustrated than Hackett because Hackett doesn't even know what plays going out there. If if Rodgers plays, we'll actually see the real offense. Like Nathaniel Hackett's probably looking up Madden plays on the sideline. He doesn't know any plays. Aaron Rodgers calls him for him. Not true that. True that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's that's too much hate for Hackett. He's not a good coach, but he seems like a good guy and players like him. Well said. Well said. But guys, we're going to be back after a quick break. Yeah, we need to take the back. Back again. Guys, did you really think we'd last an entire podcast without mentioning Justin Fields? And like talk about 2024 situations and just not even bring them up? Let we gotta talk about it, guys. What where you what do you think's gonna happen? Like what's gonna happen with the Bears? Like they're it's it's the talk of the league. Like Monday night football, all you can hear is just like, oh, Bears are going to have an interesting decision to make. What are they going to do? It's it's the topic. We got to discuss it. Logan, start us out. What do, what do you think? Why are you calling on me first? This is bullshit. I know Jesse has a great take on this. Uh, no, I think he looks pretty good. I definitely think after rewatching the Lions and Vikings games, I think it's pretty appropriate to say that the bears have never developed a quarterback in their entire franchise history. And I think that looking at their QBs coach and uh, his history of just riding it out with Greg Schiano and the Vikings doing nothing, he was a backup quarterback in college. He had no credentials and obviously wouldn't help Justin Fields develop at all. Luke gets play calls have never helped him out. Um, he, I can't remember. I think it was DJ Moore who described a scenario where the defense, you could push back. It was like a two-way street where you could contact coaches, get feedback and improve on the defense, which is obviously substantially increased in 2023. Uh, DJ Moore said it wasn't like that on the offense. It wasn't a two-way street. It was kind of, you know, say one thing and that's how it goes. So I just think that Justin Fields got put in kind of a weird scenario. He wasn't able to develop his like reading the field. Well, actually, no, his pre-snap reads are really good. It just looks like the offensive line isn't really that disciplined. There's a lot of penalties. Some Their center is god-awful. I can't even think of his name. They need to replace him. And um, he has DJ Moore. And if they didn't have DJ Moore or Cole Komet, that offense – he would have been out of there probably like I just think that the situation he got put in, he just needs the new team at this point. And the bears organization obviously is ran horribly. So boom. That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, do you think like, what do you think the bears are going to do? I think uh, since the Panthers suck so bad and they fired their head coach and they drafted Bryce young that, it's inevitable that they're going to go um, Caleb Williams and uh, lineman or a receiver. So I think it, I'm honestly in a dream scenario. If the bears were to keep Justin Fields miraculously, that would most likely mean that they keep their head coach. Hopefully got rid of their offensive coordinator. Cause Luke Getze is horrible. And um, that'd be the only way they keep Justin Fields. And if they did that, they could trade back. They could trade back to like the Patriots for the number one overall pick, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I just think that with the ties of uh, what, what, what's his name, Kevin Warren, um, I think that it's kind of signs to come that Jim Harbaugh is starting to get a little bit of an opening as the head coach since um, – it's kind of interesting that the old Big Ten commissioner is now working for the Bears, and that would be kind of his tie-in. But I just think that Justin Fields needs to go somewhere else and get fresh face, new offensive coordinator, actually have offensive weapons, and uh, you know, just let the Bears be the Bears and ruin another quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I'm just hopeful that they stick it with Justin Fields, but I really have no idea what they're going to do. 
<laughs> Honestly, if the Justin Fields went somewhere to the like the Vikings instead of them drafting, since Nick, didn't you say that Justin Fields' value, like on the open market, wasn't as high as most people said or thought it was? I should say. Yes, that's correct. So, I mean, if that's true, I feel like the Vikings have been kind of horribly ran as, as well, but they have enough offensive weapons that, you know, they could probably afford him with like a not too crazy pick. And honestly, it'd be super helpful for him too, because he would avoid one more team that heavily pressures, you know, offenses with Brian Flores. So, I mean, that'd be awesome for Justin Fields to be able to avoid Brian Flores by being on his own team. I mean, for real, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I feel like all of the teams that I mentioned that are going to draft a quarterback in round two to two to four, like all of those teams, I think makes a lot of sense for Justin Fields because I like Logan. I, I would be very surprised if Justin Fields were on the Bears week one next year. And that's just because when you pick number one, like in a good quarterback class like this, you just can't, you can't pass up restarting the rookie contract. And I, I just think the Bears, they won't do it. Like they're, they're going to draft someone. And I think, yeah, Justin Fields is going to go somewhere. And I, I think the Vikings would be great, but the, it's the same discussion with T Higgins. And it's in inner division, but I I do think that would make a ton of sense going to the Vikings. I I would wonder a little bit about this, like the scheme, but at the same time, like Kevin O'Connell's a really good offensive coach, and I think he he'd be able to figure it out. But I I think the team that makes the most sense is the Falcons. But at the same time, do is Arthur Smith going to be back? I mean, I I think that's up for debate, but I kind of think they're going to make the playoffs. In which case, you can't move on from him. But I, I still think with their with Arthur Smith's scheme, I think Justin Fields would make a lot of sense. And the other team I've seen floated around, I for fantasy, I would hate it because he probably wouldn't be the starter. Um, but I've seen the Eagles a lot as a Justin Fields team. Like just because scheme wise, like that would like that fit kind of right in with their offense. And like you know Howie. Howie's aggressive. And he, like, if he has the chance, like, similar to Cowboys getting Lance, if Howie has the chance to get a high-level backup quarterback, and, like, if Hurts gets hurt for a long period of time, like, Howie's aggressive. Like, he'll he'll make a move. He, he ain't scared. Like, I, I think Howie's the kind of guy that would make that move. And, like, in terms of scheme, I think Justin Fields would be a good fit. But I... I'm I'm very curious to see what happens this offseason with the Bears and Justin Fields, but I, I kind of think they're bound to part ways at this point. Yeah, I do want to preface, though. I feel like um, one of the only ways that the Bears could keep Justin Fields would be realistically, I've talked to Nick about this, where it's just the only realistic way that I think they they could keep Justin Fields is if they, sworn, they, they signed him to like a short-term deal that was like a step up from a rookie contract, but it basically solidified it. Hey man, we're going to keep you for three years, whatever. We won't have to do a fifth year option through your rookie deal, but you know, you're not going to be making crazy amount of money, but we trust you enough to keep you here with our new head coach, hopefully Jim Harbaugh, because everyone draws like the parallels. Oh, what do you did with Colin Kaepernick? Blah, blah, blah. Like he could obviously scheme something up, which is something that, the bears have kind of refused to do, even though I recently watched like their last two games, they schemed up a lot more QB runs, but then playing the Vikings was pretty concerning that they weren't taking deep shots. So I think that the likelihood of him getting a fresh start somewhere else would be, would be nice. But if the bears could, you know, maybe they get some deal for the number one overall pick that they can't pass up, like some stupid, like, draft day like deal where they get a bazillion first round future picks that maybe they have to trade back. Maybe they'll do that, but I don't, I don't think it's likely. So. Yeah. And I, and I like that short-term idea kind of similar to like the Jordan love one, but I, I think keeping the number one pick, I think that would be pretty unrealistic, but I, I do see a scenario in which, 
Like, what if the Panthers, with a new interim coach, like if they all of a sudden get a little bit hot, and all of a sudden the Bears pick falls outside of the top two? Like, that would make things really interesting. Because I, I do think that the Bears, like, just because they're picking outside the top two doesn't mean they're all of a sudden sticking with fields. I still think that the Bears would have two early picks where if they wanted a quarterback, they could be aggressive and get one. But I think that's when you kind of get into the possibilities that they could, like, I think Eberflus staying would help out the idea of Justin Fields staying. But I also think, yeah, Harbaugh getting, being with Justin Fields, because I think the offense that would fit perfectly for Fields is the Greg Roman, like the old Ravens offense. And Jim Harbaugh and Greg Roman have a lot of, like, they've coached together. And Greg Roman was with John Harbaugh for a while. And that would be a really fun pairing, like no matter where Justin Fields goes. But yeah, I think that like a shorter term deal would be good. But I, I think the likelihood that Fields agrees to that is pretty slim and maybe even the same with the Bears. Yeah, and I think that one of the deciders, I haven't really looked at the Panthers schedule, but I think if the Panthers beat the Titans, that would have been kind of the point in their schedule where you know, last week they beat the Titans. Then that leaves them up with, uh, I guess right now they got the Buccaneers, Saints, Falcons, who they could still beat, Packers, Jaguars, Buccaneers. So it's like if they went one of two with the Buccaneers, maybe get the Falcons. It's like maybe that starts putting them in a weird spot where if they somehow have a better record than the Patriots, I think that's when things start getting weird. Um, Because I think what is it right now? The Panthers, then the Cardinals and the Cardinals obviously should stick with Kyler Murray and his deal. Maybe go receiver, maybe Marvin Harrison jr. Who knows? But I think that right now it's not looking good for Justin Fields staying, even though I think he deserves another shot. You want to move on to the 2024 rookies? I mean, oh, sorry to cut you off here. I guess, I guess uh, maybe I could just throw this one out. Earlier, I'm in a league that I've been tanking in. Sadly, had a few uh, draft blunders with like Jameis Winston, Michael Carter, thinking I would draft his backup too with Tyler Algier, who went to the Falcons. Brees Hall went to the Jets. And the Jets were superheroes in that draft, going for, what, three first-round picks? Um I was going to ask you guys what you thought about my uh, dynasty trade in a losing league. I know I had mentioned uh, maybe in the last podcast or the podcast before that, that my team has been like stagnant. What you guys thought about me just riding the year out and just trusting my drafting ability. But earlier I traded Michael Pittman and Alvin Kamara for Marquise Brown and a late first round draft pick. What do you guys think about that? Win, loss, I think it's a huge win. I I love the trade. Biggest reason is because what are you going to do with Alvin Kamara next year? He's going to go down in value. You got rid of a tanking asset. That's something that you have to do on a rebuild. Like you have to get rid of those at the value that they're at when you get it. Like you just got to sell it. You got to. And so you did a good job selling it, getting good value for it. I think Marquise Brown in the first. That's all it's always about is getting getting good value. I think you got great value for those players there. You gave up Pittman, but still uh, def- definitely. I think it's an upgrade to go to. I should also team. add that I have Josh Downs. So I have the number two receiver for the Colts going into what Michael Pittman's contract here. But what, what do you got to say about it, Nick? That does add an element real quick. That does add an element. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, Makes huge element. That's, that's but, why. So you I had to get rid of both players. You had to get rid of both the guys that you got rid of. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, no, I I'm with Jesse here. I I plotted him here in the Zoom. I I think he was preaching there. It was I I think it's a huge win. I think Marquise Brown long term, like I don't think he's that far off Michael Pittman. Like Michael Pittman has had a nice run here, and we talked about it before the season started. Michael Pittman with Gardner Minshew at quarterback would be a pretty good dynasty asset, but. Gardner Minshew's probably not going to be on the team next year. And if he is, he's going to be a backup. Like Anthony Richardson's not a super accurate quarterback to where with Michael Pittman, he's going to be a riskier asset. Yeah, Michael Pittman's going to be a riskier asset with Anthony Richardson. And Marquise Brown, like, 
good chance he's on the Cardinals next year, but like there's a possibility Marquise Brown is on the Panthers. He's the Bryce Young's guy. It's possible he's on the Chiefs. Like the the Browns. Like there's like Marquise Brown, I think, is an asset that will grow in value. Whereas Pittman, I think he also might be in a contract year, but I think the Colts bring him back. But still, like I I like Josh Downs. Like he's a guy that catches a lot of passes underneath. Like I I might like him more long term. Might be a spicy take, but yeah, I in a first for Camara, like yeah, he killed that. Great move for a rebuild. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I feel like I was going back and forth arguing about a twenty twenty fifth third round and then whenever he resent it back without the third, I just kind of looked at it a little bit more, thought about Michael Pittman being in like a career year that Gardner Minshew's been actually like facilitating the offense really well and spreading the ball around. But the one thing that I was, one thing that was kind of clouding my judgment a little bit, but Michael Pittman is in his fourth year. So it's like, he will be on a contract year. So future's uncertain with him. Marquise Brown, I think might still have a year or two and on the Cardinals. I think, no, I think he, I think he does. You, Look into it, Nick. I'm trusting you on this one. But the one thing that I was wondering if Marquise Brown was going to be there for another year or two, they might bring in another receiver. And I honestly think that would help Marquise Brown out by taking the pressure off of him because he's such a great deep threat that if they have like a a better Michael Wilson or whatever the dude's UCLA's name is, that it could you know, buy him some time to get deep and catch a lot more balls. So, I don't yeah. know. I, I was glad to get Kamara off because I, just reading into it, the value of Kamara is so crazy when you read about it. Some people will go with like a first round, mid-second. Some people will go with like a pair of thirds. And I'm like, I just need to get this guy off my team. He's 28. He's having a great year. I'll help someone, you know, go for a championship while it gives myself some flexibility in the draft. So I'm excited. Yeah. And Marquise Brown is in a contract here. And also I, I think they're a, I, I think if I had to say the Marvin Harrison junior team right now, I would say probably the Cardinals. But yeah, even if Marquise Brown is on still on the team, like, I'm fine with that. Like he'll still be a good player. Yeah. Big, big win for you. Yeah, and I think so. This is another interesting thing I was thinking about. Since I'm most likely going to have the fourth overall pick, I need a quarterback. I've got Kenny Pickett and Patrick Mahomes. They're not on the same level, sadly. Um, I wish they were, but since I drafted Jameis and he got benched and then Derek Carr came in. There's no going back from that. And I need the flexibility at, with the fourth overall pick to either go maybe maybe a great receiver slips to me at the fourth overall pick. I take them, and then I can gamble with like a Penix, a McCarthy, a Bo Nix somehow at the late 112 or 111 spot that I might get. And then I can go running back early in the second round. I think it opens up a lot more possibilities with just having that extra pick. So I don't know. Are you guys targeting anyone in your rookie drafts or how do you think it's going to go? I should say probably. Let me just uh, throw out the, the one rookie that we just watched play JSN. He was one ball away from this being his breakout game. So just throwing it out there. If you trade deadline hasn't passed, I mean, maybe a good buy low, but uh <laughs> as far as the rookie draft goes sorry we were obviously finishing up the dallas uh seahawks game i was just reflecting um yeah marvin harrison jr i don't know take it away nick sorry guys i love it jesse i love it <laughs> i here's how i predict the rookie draft's gonna go at the top i think we're gonna have caleb williams probably go number one i think it's going to be at number two. It's going to be a question mark between Marvin Harrison Jr. and Drake May. I would probably go Drake May. Marvin Harrison, three. And then at four, like it, it could obviously change, but I think Malik Neighbors kind of steps in at the 104. I'm a guy, I'll be honest, I'm a huge Malik Neighbors fan. 
I think he's going to be a like he is a better prospect coming out of LSU than Justin Jefferson was. He is a very good prospect. Like that dude is good. And he's going to step into an offense and he is going to be a target hound. Like that dude's going to be that dude's an alpha outside wide receiver. And he's going to step into a team next year and lead them in targets. I would go Malik Neighbors at the 104. And that and that could change, obviously. Like I'll go a little more in depth here, but there's JJ McCarthy. I I still view him as my QB three. I'm a Michigan fan. I've I'm a little biased, obviously, but I I like his upside a little more. But I I still think there's the option that he could go back to school, to where if he does go back to school for another year, I I don't like a quarterback at the top in the top five or six picks. Like I like Logan. You might talk about Jane Daniels a little bit. Like he's intriguing. The guy's 24. Before this season, to me, he was not a draftable prospect. I, I ranked 14 prospects. He had I had him at 14th. Like I want 14 quarterbacks. I had him 14th, and that's it's obviously looking bad at this point. But he was he was not a good prospect before this year. And do we really take into account a guy? Is he in his fifth or sixth year? I think it's this. I, I'm not entirely sure. But the, are we really going to take that much stock into a guy in his fifth or sixth year? in which he's playing with Malik Neighbors, who is a top, probably 10 pick in the NFL draft, draft top five, Brian Thomas, who is, might even be a first-round pick as well, and a team that has no defense. That guy's on the field all the time. Like, I, I, I'm having a tough time believing, but he is going to be drafted pretty high. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why I think at the fourth slot, that's why I was glad to get that 12th slot, because... My assumption is is I will have a pick. Hopefully, I mean, shoot, who, I I I need to look at the lower tiered teams who are going to have those early picks to see if they will be going QBs because maybe I do get lucky and I get one of the top tier quarterbacks and I I I honestly would only go Drake May or Caleb Williams in like the top five. If somehow they got to me and I think Jaden Daniels is going to be bait on ADP because there's going to be so many users. Maybe he starts getting, I mean, hasn't he been getting some Heisman hype, but it doesn't make any sense. He has like almost 4,000 yards and he has Malik neighbors who has 1500 yards and he has Brian Thomas jr. Who has a thousand yards. So it's just like 25 of his almost 4,000 yards is or just from elite receivers like i i mean not taking away from like joe burrow because he threw for five thousand in a national championship but like this dude's just out there all the time slinging it running up the scores like trying to compete just by scoring so it's just like i think his stats are a bit inflated but honestly if i if i got malik neighbors at the fourth overall i wouldn't mind that one at all (laughs) but how are you still feeling about Keon Coleman? I saw him pretty late in some mock drafts for some reason. I don't know if his stock's been falling or how do you feel about him? I personally like, I love Keon Coleman. Like I've made that pretty clear. Like before the year I was very high on Keon Coleman. I had him as like wide receiver one B entering the year back when no one was talking about him. And now that everyone's talking about him, I've, I've kind of dipped a little bit back on Keon Coleman. I, I do have him behind neighbors now. He he might be my wide receiver three. I'm not entirely sure yet. But like the biggest issue with him is earning targets. He he has not done that at an elite rate at either spot so far. But at the same time, QB play has not been elite at either spot. And the thing that I, I like a lot in prospects, especially like at the wide receiver position, is people that can score and, and play in a variety of different ways. And Keanu Coleman is a top-notch punt returner. Like, he's good at it. He's 6'4", 215, 220 pounds, and he's a good punt returner. Like, he makes people miss. Like, he threatens to take it to the house every single week, which is, I think, is a really crazy good skill to have. And that's that's traditionally people that are good punt returners, people that score touchdowns in college running the football, like they translate a little more 
And Jordan Travis is a, I think he's a good, decent prospect. I mean, maybe like the injury complicates things, but like he's, he's not a guy that's an elite thrower of the football. And to where that kind of has me have some hope with Keon Coleman. But I, I think he's a guy that like, like Quinn Johnson, like he is a better athlete than Quinn Johnson. And he's shown the ability to make people miss in space at six, four. And he's got the athleticism to do that. And I, he also has hands. Yeah, he does have hands and he's, he's a good contested catcher. Like I, I've, said it all along i i think he's a better version of george pickens and that's my comp for him but it's just how, how much better i i don't know yet yeah no i completely agree i, I honestly think that it's going to be interesting getting closer to like the draft rookie drafts too to there's a lot of people out there there's like oregon troy franklin rome adunze troy franklin uh, troy, troy franklin is good that tough. And then I also think that there's fringe people kind of like uh Johnny Wilson, where you're like, I don't know what position you play, you're big, you Darren know, Waller. Lanky. Darren Waller. <laughs> I mean, that would be a compliment. <laughs> it, as long as he has a better uh entry to the NFL than Darren Waller. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, when it comes draft time, I'm gonna have Johnny Wilson as Rock Bowers makes it tough, but I, he'll be in my tight end rankings. I'll I'll be I'll put that out there. Where do you think Brock Bowers goes? I've been thinking about. I was thinking about that all today. Like, does he go really early? And because sometimes I hop on Twitter X.com, sorry, um, and I just see people say how much better than he is than like ninety five percent of all tight ends in the NFL, and I'm like, I don't know about that. I, I kind of think he's going to get drafted higher than he should. And that's and he he's a guy that's going to factor in probably top six in terms of like he could be drafted at the 103, 104. Like someone needs a tight end, like thinking they're going to get a difference maker. I I haven't dug into him a ton, but I, I personally don't think he stands out enough to where I would say he's a just can't miss tight end prospect. Like because like Michael Mayer, everyone's saying that guy is the next big thing, but it's just he he looks kind of ordinary to me. And I with Brock Bowers, I, I do need to look into him more, but I I don't see that can't miss label that people put on him. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not like Kyle Pitts in college where you're like, this guy is receiver tight end. I'm not really sure. He just gets the ball and does a lot with it, so I don't know. I need to look into him a little bit more too, as well. I feel like tight ends this year too. I I'm not really. Besides uh, that pick guy I tossed your way a long time ago, Gavin Bartholomew. Shout out. Uh, I, I'm not really too well versed with tight ends going into this next draft, especially with running backs, since there's not too many of them that I'm really high on. I feel like minus like Rocket and Braylon Allen, maybe Trey Benson. If he's going to the draft, I'm not sure. Maybe on Henderson. I'd I'd have Maybe on Henderson. He's gotta be RB one, yeah. Blake Corum. Oh, and then the Louisville. Can he go to the draft? Uh Jordan. Who? Uh the Louisville running back. I don't know. I, Is it I've not seen him a ton, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit early to be asking these questions, you know, but Oh, he's 24 years old. Pass. <laughs> no. An older running back that I – Blake Corum is a guy that I – I've already said I'm a Michigan fan, so you guys know I have some bias here. But I, I think Blake Corum is kind of a guy that can be an, ex, an exception in that he's an older prospect just because of the injury. But at the same time, like Blake Corum, he's small, like – do I think he's going to be a workhorse guy from day one? Probably not. But the guy is a good goal line back. He yeah, he's one hundred ninety five pounds and he hasn't had a touchdown for more over over eight yards. I don't want to hear it. Hey, that's that's valuable in the NFL. Yeah, there's one Austin Eckler, buddy. There isn't any other. Mike Tolbert incoming. That's going to be him. He, I he, will bet dollars to donuts that Corum is not an NFL quarter uh, running back for at, four years into his NFL career. I, 
I also think Blake Corum had like a 25-yard touchdown against Ohio State last week. Did you remember that, Jesse? Did he? Are we sure? He did. I don't know. I, I definitely do think he's just kind of a fiend on the goal line. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to produce that much. The only two running backs I care about are uh, not eligible for the draft. It's uh, Hampton for North Carolina and Ollie Gordon for Oklahoma State. Those two ones I'm really interested in, but it's not their time yet. You got Judkins at Ole Miss, Nick Singleton, Penn State, Katron Allen, Penn State. Uh, there's Damian Martinez, Oregon State. Like next year's running back class is the goods. This year, a little worried, but the wide receiver class this year, pretty They're darn everywhere. good. I like it. There's probably some random Texas running back to draft. I don't know. Jonathan Brooks. <laughs> I mean, uh, is he, he declares. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be interesting going into the next year, though. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for draft time, but if you guys don't have any extra thoughts, follow me on Twitter at PTNick32. Follow him at Jesse underscore Setzer. Follow him at ProTalk at ProTalk Logan. Dino Talk, guys. Until next time. <laughs>